track one repeats. Can you hear me? Over. Welcome to the Trap One Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Colin. On this episode, we'll be talking about Big Finish's latest multi-doctor story, Out of Time, which unites the ever-popular fourth and ten incarnations of the Doctor. But first, it's just time to discuss the very welcome but unexpected news that Big Finish have recently signed Christopher Eccleston to reprise his role as the ninth Doctor. Um, pretty unexpected news. Yes, yes, very surprising. Um, yeah, you wouldn't think it, in a million years that would have happened. Um, but uh, look, I mean, they've gone to town on it. Um, I really, I think it's it's almost like a full season, something like this, 12 episodes from from memory, uh, starting in, in May. Um, and uh, it's even coming out on vinyl. And you don't have to go to Asda, yeah. which is great. <laughs> uh, so... Look, I mean, I think this is a huge opportunity for for them and for Christopher Eccleston and for us to like have the seasons. Is it going to be seasons before? Is it going to be um, interspersed with um, you know his season? Um, you know, no one knows. Uh, I think that's good. Um, you know, I quite like the idea of so. I. I I would be quite happy with them taking the the sound of out of day of the doctor where John Hurt goes into the TARDIS and says, you know, there's bodies getting a bit thin or something like that. And then it, then it becomes Christopher Eccleston and then it's the beginning. Yeah, uh, I would yeah. be, I, I would really like that instead, no. instead of, you know, let's have a, you know, a Rose Tyler episode in the middle here and here. Um, but anything is good. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's it, it's interesting to to see what they're going to do. As you say, these twelve stories across across four releases. Um, yeah, and the first one's not till May next year. It seemed like there was uh, there was all this excitement about the announcement. You're like, wow, Christopher Eccleston's coming back, and then you read the schedule, and it's like in May next year. So it's like so it's exciting, but it's hard to uh, hard to maintain your excitement for that long. So it's sort of. Uh, pre-order it and then uh, and then get excited again when it comes out next year um but yeah whether it's all sort of set in the same time period or whether they do a, a pre-rose set maybe because uh, billy piper is on board with big finish isn't she she's um she's done yeah. some 10th doctor ones and she's done her own series as well um so maybe you get you know her in, in three or six of the stories um there's no sort of natural gaps, really, are there in uh, in, in series one to slot slot too much into? Uh, especially yeah, that's what I think. Them. I think if you start going, if you start dipping into season one, then it's you know, and let's say like some episodes set between um, six and seven or something random mm. like that that brings the Slovene back. I don't think is that interesting with, as a concept. You know, um, it's it's like let's do more of the Christopher Eccleston monsters, mm. or whatever, in in what was already a very short season. I th- I think it would be really good to say, you know, how he ended up in, you know, um, at the top of a, you know, Fenwick's in 
yeah. Kingston or wherever it was, you know, um, uh, you know, about to blow up a transmitter. You know, I, the lead up to that, like he's obviously been around and been doing stuff, um, and it feels like it's been a while since he's come out of the time war. So, why not have the origin, sort of like the origin story? Yeah, he has got that. There is that scene in Rose where he looks in the mirror, and it's a bit mm-hmm. like he sees his face for the first time, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. But he, he could yeah. just have been he could just have been really busy up to that point. Um, <laughs> Not looked at his face in the mirror for a hundred years. Uh, been on the planet of no reflections or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a really good point. Yeah, he does. And then oh, you know, oh well, we've broken that. We cannot possibly break <laughs> the canon by by that now. There's no way. It's completely impossible. The speculation that they could slot some adventures into the part in Rose where the TARDIS takes off without Rose, um, and then he reappears <laughs> a moment later and says, did I also mention it's a time machine? One of the, yeah. the short stories that came out, those um, I think it was the 50th anniversary, the 11 stories for 11 Doctors, uh, Charlie Higson um, set his story in that period where he goes off and has an adventure that sort of um, makes him think, no, I do need a companion. I'll, I'll go back and try and uh, try one more time to persuade her to come aboard. I, li- I, I like it. Um, I, I, I just think it would be good to, like, so, like, I have a season where there's no, no Daleks, mm-hmm. no Cybermen. Um, there are some, you know, it can be, you can have presumably, I don't know, Zygons or, or whatever, um, but you, you know, don't, you know, just, you know, of course, Doctor Who doesn't really have any kind of perfect at all chronology or, um, you, you know, perfect canon or anything like this. It is just a, cause it's been going, you know, um, uh, you know, 55 years or whatever it, it's going to be, you know, contradict itself an awful lot just because mm-hmm. you, you, you're carrying on with the, with the narrative um, and you come up with wibbly wobbly timey wimey ways to get around it. But w- it just would be nice to just have a really clean br- break and have like different companions, new companions, um, some g- give some new actors a chance or, uh, and, and, and make something fresh and different and, and have two parters as well. You know, some, yeah. uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure that they are, the, I'm not sure. I, I would imagine they are going, right, we have, we have got the chance to make the seasons that um, the BBC just, you know, couldn't make um, because of the, 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 who was only there for one year. So let's make it um, terrific. And, and I think that's probably why Waiting for May, which which is actually, you know, a little bit, you know, how I feel about out of time is it's like, you know, oh shit, we're in lockdown. Everyone seems to be free. Let's write something. Um, versus a kind of like, like May, 2021 is a ton of time to really, you know, um, plan a whole series. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you're correct with the, the Daleks, for, for not using those, they would probably be the most difficult ones to use in a, an Eccleston series like this because it's so perfectly constructed that the surprise of there being one Dalek left in Dalek 
than building to the finale where there is a huge army. They'd never the live that down. They'd never live that down. No, you can't. You can't mess with that, can you? You can't. You, you can't have um, another Dalek want, story there at all. You you want them to be in the TARDIS, um, you know, having, you know, been around for a bit. But and his conversations with his companions are, you know. You know, there used to be uh, a race of monsters called the Daleks, but I wiped them out at the same time I, you know, fucked up and blew up my home planet as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So y- just don't break it for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, there's something there's something new to say. Funny if it's actually set in... Oh, how could... Yeah, it would be funny if it was set between 1996 and 2005. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not really, you know, because you know you can do sort of like the 80s, um, you know, you can do an 80s vibe on things. I'm not sure what the 90s would be like, you know. Um, you know, like what was the 90s to 2005 vibe? Or you know, like someone goes, oh, look, there's this thing called Facebook, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, that'll be, um, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm also fascinated to see what they'll do with his character, um, you know, in the way that, like, the Sixth Doctor, when they brought him into Big Finish, they kind of knocked the rough edges off him a bit and, and made him a bit more likable. The things I wasn't keen on with the Ninth Doctor, um, the way that he treated Mickey, um, you know, the way he just basically belittles him all the time, insults him, tries to break him and rose up, um, all that kind of stuff I uh, I wasn't really on board with. And then the bit in, um, I think it's in the Slitheen 2 part, where the kid graffitis Bad Wolf on the side of the TARDIS. Um, and he's like, do that again and I'll have you. And uh, it's, I just, it's not, that's that, that side of it. I thought that was okay. I thought that was, I thought that's just funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I agree with the whole belittling of, um, Mickey and stuff like this. I mean, uh, it, it's it, again they tried it with Capaldi and calling Danny Pink PE and um, similar. It was very much a, a retread uh, in that respect. Mm. But I think the Capaldi thing was a little bit different, though. I think there's more complexity to it and more going on, but it, it just felt like, oh, you know. The good news, there's just none of that in, in the Jodie era. It's just it's just for people that um, you know, get on very well, uh, and that's refreshing. Um, you know, there's not major, major arguments, and there's just, like, working out what they want to do, and there's not, like, dis, like particular dislike of people. If you're going to do dislike of people, then, then they wouldn't even be in the story or in the TARDIS or, or whatever but if that is the case then do it properly um, not just this kind of picking on someone anyway we're digressing um, yeah I think the way that the the Witter career does it, it the, the the kind of the main sort of discord there is probably Ryan with Graham in, in uh, series yes. 11 isn't it where he's, he's not quite on board with, with um, Graham trying to get closer to him and, and, and be like a, this grand but that's okay that's yeah. okay that's that's I mean, that's the emotional, that's the part of, um, you know, um, losing grace and um, coming to terms with this guy. Um, and as a progression, it's, it's not a, the doctor hates so-and-so for a random hilarious reason, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, uh, 
we could do we could do without mm. um but it's no i'd like some fresh fresh new companions i think and i think and i think if you're paying christopher eccleston um you're, you're probably going to need um uh, not 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 other major stars probably. Yeah, you're gonna you need put people to hold their own, but yeah, um, I know what you mean. Is he probably not coming cheap? Is he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, kind of just seeing him, the the way he's changed, uh, his attitudes changed slightly over the years. Um, you know, we, we've um, just started to do conventions in the last couple of years and that type yeah. of thing. Um, did you read his autobiography that came out last year? No, but I imagine you did. <laughs> I did yeah, <laughs> I did. It was uh, very the Doctor Who stuff in particular is. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a. I think it's a, a sort of a beautiful, heartfelt book anyway. But the the Doctor Who stuff is interesting. It's he's written after he started guesting at conventions, um, hey. and he's shown his series to his two young children. Yeah, uh, where then these conversations are transcribed. Um, uh, a bit like sort of wife in space, I guess, but but with his kids, and it's just really charming. They uh, they must be really young because they think that Rose is too scary. Um, for them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're sort of somewhere between you know six and eight or something like that. It's my guess yeah. from um, from his Instagram. But I, th- I think things like that and and the conventions, it, it it's really nice to see that it's helped to make uh, help him make peace with you know what I think was a, a negative experience for him at the time. Um, but yeah, there's um, there's some interesting stuff in there about how he he said he struggled to find the character in the script, um, but Stephen Moffat's script of the you know the Empty Child um, was one that helped him get a handle on it. Um, so it'd be interesting to see you know if he has a bit of input maybe in the writing or you know how he um, how he feels about that and responds to it. So that's interesting. I thought he nailed it from day one, really. Um, but uh, you know he's the he's the one doing it. So uh, no, I mean, no, he 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 always seems like a um, a very thoughtful person um, and has his reasons for things and does things for the right reason and is is very sort of ethical. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he'll do things for the right reason and won't do other things if he doesn't want to. There's no there's no grey areas. He's um, got good principles um and I, I you know i can't really you know think, think any more than that i don't know any of the you know the background between why, why he left or anything and whatever it's 15 years ago um yeah no it's going to be it's it is going to be good i think i think that like i say i think this is a um it's a big point in big finishes history mm-hmm. um of course, I mean, like all the other, you know, when they got David Tennant, when they got Tom, uh, of course, all the others um, were at all different points. But this is a, this is where your audience, your, your of the people that perhaps are in their 20s now, um, had the Christopher Eccleston um, period curtailed. So um, they would be very excited about this. So you've kind of got a, a big... Um, so you, you've kind of got their classic era and you've got um, our classic era of the new era, you know, to um, to work with. Yeah, true. And there's, there's got to be some main mainstream appeal there as well, I guess. Um, you know, it's, it's only going to be to big finishes benefit to uh, to have people uh, that maybe don't regularly 
you know, listen to that kind of expanded universe stuff that are interested to see Eccleston back in the role after all that time. Yeah, looking forward to it. And it'd be lovely maybe if we heard him in some kind of multi-doctor story uh, at some point, maybe for the sixth year. <laughs> now so, now uh, I think you're pushing your luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think, look, I think, you know, we'll talk about multi-doctor stories in a bit, but I think, I think you just don't want to wear it out. You know, you've got to do it for a reason. Um, 60th only uh, around the corner. Huh? The 60th only around the corner. Yeah, that's right. No, that would be that would be good. That would be fine. I think. Look, they probably are trying to get that get that going, but not on. I wouldn't say on audio so so soon for sure. I think this has to be his era of like a good three solid seasons um, without without any of the stunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully he'll just have a fantastic experience with it. Um, and, uh, and and just keep going. Definitely. All right. But speaking of multi-doctor stories. Very good. <laughs> uh, we have the first volume of Out of Time, which unites Tom Baker and David Tennant as the fourth and tenth doctors, respectively. Um, I've been really excited about this one since the announcement. Um, and this one hasn't had the lead time that, like, say, the Eccleston one um, and, and, and other ones have, has it? It's... Uh, it seemed like it was announced and then it was only a couple of months before it was out. Um, so before we discuss this story, we'll just say we're, we're basically going to discuss it in its entirety. So uh, if you haven't heard it yet, be, beware of spoilers. Uh, this one, it seems like a, a no-brainer for Big Finish to, to unite the two most popular, probably Doctor actors from each of their respective centuries, or certainly with the ones with the most mainstream uh, appeal. Um... It's a sort of uh, story, I guess you, you probably are going to see a vinyl release of, because these are the two doctors that you most commonly see in the the supermarket uh, record releases, aren't they? You get Tennant in Asda and Baker in Sainsbury's. <laughs> is that is that is that the uh, uh, is that the the methodology for deciding where the vinyl goes? Tends the rules. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is the rule. Well, Tom Baker's always talking about Waitrose, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I don't have no, Waitrose. I, I don't want. Uh, I don't really want um, Big Finish to to enter the the Waitrose vinyl market. No, I don't, I, and I don't think such a thing exists unless it's kind of um, sort of next to the David Bowie or, or whatever. Um, uh, you know, I, I would like. I don't know HMV over over these supermarkets in a sense, but you you kind of you know supermarkets, especially in the last six months, have been doing great business and you want the traffic and you want the footfall um you, what what bugs me is the is the limited nature of of these for and they're gone instantly and then scalped i don't i don't like that model mm. um you like so you know the time time law victorious being out uh, of course it's on download as well but if you want the vinyl you've got to go to it's you, you know, like a select group of Asdas get the right time. Have they put it out yet, or is it gone already? And it's like, um, and then you know, they they're, they're all bought up. Um, it's like record store day, but all good. Um, so, what did you think? I think you may have indicated you were quite favourable about this. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I, I thought it was great. I think it's just a nice, fun story 
just the appeal of, of having these two doctors together, kind of bouncing off each other, verbally sparring, um, and, and not for a, an anniversary special or um, uh, or a kind of a, a you know regeneration story like Twice Upon a Time or anything like that. Or I think there are some similarities with Twice Upon a Time. Um, it's just a kind of a really fun romp. I, I was smiling all the way through it with the uh, the kind of repartee. Yeah, I I'm I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I, I wasn't too keen the first time around, but the second time around, it's grown on me a bit. I think it has, um, as you say, the repartee and the wit and the, um, but um, I just don't get the point of the rest of it. It's like after you've got a really good 20 minutes of kind of build up and there's, you know, Tom's in a cathedral painting the ceiling, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but when the Daleks arrive and it's like, okay, obviously this cathedral in space and time will allow them to win all wars. I'm just like, I just, it just held off for me towards the end. It's like, what, what's going on? I didn't think any of the, the supporting characters were doing particularly much to, to drive, you know, much of a, much, you know, much of a runaround. So, and it, it's the, it's the 60 minute format that, um, uh, I, I, I don't quite get, uh, as well as I enjoy the sort of four twenty five minutes where you can go, um, a lot deeper and do a lot more things. So I, I feel it run a, a little bit of steam towards the end, but that is offset by, um, a lot of the chat. Yeah, and I was, I was pleased at the amount of time they got they got to spend together as well. Um, I, I felt like that was just right. It was, uh, it was that was quite satisfying. There wasn't an awful lot of um, of sort of build up um, or them trying to meet or just missing each other. Um, it's it's pre-title sequence. Um, uh, they're right there in meeting. Um, so this is, I say, the Cathedral of Contemplation, which exists outside of time and space, and somewhere that the Doctor visits um, when they're troubled. Uh, so this is where I thought the similarities for with Twice Upon a Time came in, you know, with the two doctors kind of uh, meeting as, as the at moments of personal crisis. For for the tenth Doctor, this is between the waters of Mars and the end of time, part one. So the um, the 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 Uzi's right. summoning him, aren't they? And um, he's just had that sort of Time Lord victorious little blip at the end of the waters of Mars. And for the fourth doctor, this is just after the deadly assassin. So he's lost Sarah Jane Smith and, and realized that the time Lords aren't cool after all. So he's having a sort of a bit of a moment as well. Yeah, no, I think, I, th- I think that's good. And that, that's very much touched on. I think Sarah Jane Smith is mentioned as well, maybe yeah. um, towards the end. Um, yeah, that's quite nice that, um, the, yeah. the, the Tendox said, well, I've just been to a wedding and, uh, and that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, so for the for the tenth doctor, it touches on that thing from the end of time where he doesn't want to regenerate because he feels like he'll lose everything from from that regeneration, which kind of I think always makes that regeneration or that incarnation a bit of an outlier. Um, and then the fourth doctor, like quite rightly, calls him out on it, doesn't he? Just says, like, "Can I get get over yourself a bit? This is uh, this is just the way it goes." Um, and there's a nice theme of that sort of of succession. Sort of woven throughout the story, the um, the ceiling that the fourth Doctor's painting. He says it's uh, it's an interpretation of um, of some planet somewhere where one person passes on like the, the sort of leadership energy to the next person. 
the abbess of the cathedral's taken on an apprentice to to sort of take over, um, and then the the this soldier who's fighting in the Dalek Wars is sort of trying to get his daughter to um, to to join him in the army and join the fight against the Daleks, but she's res- resisting that as well. So there is that sort of like uh, generational sort of succession thing in there, isn't there? Yep, yep. I mean, look, I think that's a a good theme. I'm just not totally convinced there was much more to it. Um, but like I say, I, the I think the the wit and the way that they t- that the four realizes who ten is mm-hmm. um, is great, really, really great. Um, uh, and that you know, David Tennant at one point, you know, it's like I'm John Smith, no, John Tyler. Yeah, uh, I liked that. I thought like a lot. Um, uh, what else did I like about this? Um, <clears throat> uh, not much more. Not much more I can say on it. Really, I, I thought it was. Yeah, it is a romp. It is good. There's some good kind of interdoctor banter, pinstripe stuff like mm-hmm. this. But I, I really, I didn't get too much more from it. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't as much sort of. Um... I guess insults and stuff, as, as you see with some uh, of these team-ups, is there? It's not like sort of um, Troughton and Pertwee in, in the Three Doctors. Um, and it shouldn't be that. Uh, it's, no, 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 it it shouldn't be that because that's tedious, yeah. right? Um, and especially because, you know, in real life, you know, uh, David Tennant, you know, has probably always wanted to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that would be – and there is a little bit of it. Um, but it's more kind of, you know, don't be so arrogant about blah as a piece of, you know, advice to yourself. Yeah. Have a word, have a word with yourself, literally. Um, and so it, it's good in that respect that it's different and it's not a continuation of the whole, um, you know, dandy and a clown, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that's slightly different when, when you've got two consecutive incarnations as well, isn't there? There's going to be more... Uh, Maybe to you know potentially that that, that sort of thing. Um, I like that they they explored a little bit the the difference between the approaches of the two doctors. They did that a little bit in the the first ever Doctor Who big finish, the the Sirens of Time, and if you remember that one, where the fifth Doctor um, remonstrates with the sixth Doctor a little bit about him being maybe a bit too pragmatic and maybe a bit too keen to use violence to to solve things. Um, so that side of it was interesting where I think the fourth doctor is more straightforwardly kind of uh, a hero um, and because and, on the surface that you know there are some you know similarities between the two these two doctors they're both kind of very extrovert um, kind of very garrulous and stuff whereas the tenth doctor the the angst is never never far below the surface um, which I suppose is, is a product of you know his era having you know story arcs and 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 the the time war baggage and that and that type of thing which um which the fourth doctor doesn't really have but that there was there's some interesting stuff in there for me that um that was uh that was interesting the tenth doctor talking about well he's everything i've done will just be erased in a blaze of regeneration energy um which i thought tied a bit to the you know the fourth doctor's just spent months painting this ceiling in the cathedral um only for it to all be all be destroyed um when the uh when the cathedral goes up at the end and he, he just sort of uh shrugs it off um with his sort of uh 
you know his natural sort of uh, insouciance. Yeah, I, I look. I think. I mean, let's, we can talk about multi-doctor stories as well, but um, it's 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 like a it's just a big birthday cake when this happens. Mm-hmm. But you don't want birthday cake every day, and you don't want chocolate cake every time because it it's you it's just spoils the magic of it, and so it's got to be a a rare and monumental type event. I, I don't necessarily feel that these out of times are something like that. I think they are a bit a bit of fun, and that's okay because it's a bit different. Um, but I don't. I, I, it, it's you expect like a two doctors, five doctors, um, day of the doctor type, three doctors, you know, decent hundred minute plus adventure, uh, and and this I thought was a good character interactions mm-hmm. uh, with some Daleks thrown in for good measure, but I I, I didn't really feel that there's there was much of a kind of a, what's it trying to say? What's the point? So, um, that, that bit I didn't, uh, I, I sort of didn't get much from, but I, li- I very much liked the way it wasn't a continual, you know, multi-doctor cliche mm-hmm. of, of them bitching at each other. I suppose the two doctors is, is the one that it's closest to, because that's it's not an anniversary story that there's a lot of expectation of. And it, when it's two incarnations rather than uh, you know sort of three or five or more, you can drill more into the differences um, between the characters. And I think the the other volumes, because they are quite spaced out, like you say, it's not um, you know it's not like having your your kind of your birthday cake all the time. Uh, the two further volumes of this that have been announced, the Gates of Hell by David Llewellyn, um, is the tenth Doctor reunited with the fifth Doctor um, after time crash. <laughs> Which again, I think it'll be a totally different dynamic, um, especially if Davies and his doctor kind of remembers Time Crash. Uh, you know, once once they meet again, um, that's out in June 2021, um, and then in July 2020, it's the turn of the Sixth Doctor to meet his tenth incarnation in a Weeping Angels yarn called Wink. Um, okay. I wonder the fact that that's called Wink. I've seen Colin Baker at a convention talk about the Weeping Angels by saying that clearly the way to defeat the the uh, Weeping Angels is, is not to blink but to wink uh, just close one, oh, eye, one eye at a time <laughs> genius that's why he's my favourite yeah that's it so I wonder if that is going to address that um, with, with the way it's called uh, <laughs> that's great it's called that's really no, that, that's again it, it's it's a it's a riff on um, sort of like the it's a bit self-referential, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a bit kind of, um, yeah. Well, who, who knows? We haven't hasn't been written. It hasn't even been recorded properly, and it isn't even out. So, you know. So, um, but for a whole story to be based on that, <laughs> uh, it has to be more. It has to be more. You yeah. know, these are special occasions, um, and I, I, you know, I'm not not dis- dissing or disliking. Um, what I've listened to and, and, and any of it, I'm just thinking, um, it's, it's a, it's a rare time, especially during this period where people are going to be free. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like a Tom Baker and Joe Martin out of time. Um, I, I, which of course won't happen because Chris 
Tribunal isn't finished explaining that. Um, but uh, considering how gushing she was over Tom in her Doctor Who magazine interview, yeah. I would I would love that to happen. Yeah, that'd be terrific. Or her and Six as well, because I think they are quite, you know. Um, yeah, they've both got that. The the uh, this, yeah, they, the extra they, there could be there could be you know arguments, and that would be fine. Yeah. I think the Six Doctor one potentially interesting for that thing about you know that they talk a little bit in Out of Time One um, about the the whole thing that Donna said about the Tenth Doctor needing to be held back, um, and the Sixth Doctor's got that slight edge as well, hasn't he? The you know like the acid bath in Vengeance on Varos, and uh, you know kind of gunning down the Cyber Leader. He's got that. Maybe some of that will um, will be in that story. I think that'll be um, a really interesting tack to go down and, and explore. Let's see. So, so what are your other favourite um, multi-doctor stories? Well, the Five Doctors is my is my all-time favourite, um, and that's partly because um, I saw it so early. It was only the second Doctor Who VHS that I got, um, so it was only the second pre-McCoy story I ever saw as well um, so I guess been like 10 or 11 something like that and just loved it and watched it over and over again in the way that you can when you're young um, is just watched it over and over again like every weekend so um, I've always been like incredibly fond of that story and probably Day of the Doctor is a, is a close second because uh, that story is just everything I wanted from the 50th and, and more and uh, I think it's terrific how about you? I think along the same lines. Um, I love the two doctors because it's very bleak Robert Holmes and it's mm. saying some very good things about vegetarianism, like back in the eighties, you know, when it was only him and Nicola Bryant that were vegetarian, <laughs> you know? And so, um, it, uh, and just the performances and shock eye and, um, you know, uh, Cassini of the Serverland Grig, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> But, you know, um, we really kind of decent, dark story. It doesn't, you know, it's not a masterpiece or anything. But, yes, that's a lot of fun. Five Doctors, you know, it's it's the one you would just always go to yeah. on a rainy day um, and just bathe in it. It's just tremendous fun and you can watch it. It's like... You know, I can watch The Born Identity a hundred times. I can watch Star Trek one or two, like, you know, all the time. And and, and the five doctors and just not get bored of it, you know. So I'm really uh, a big favourite of mine. And Day of the Doctor as well just, just managed to be pretty damn brilliant. Um, especially with um, Tom Baker at the end. I think that was the icing on the cake. Yeah. Although I, you know, I keep getting spoilers for stuff the day before. Oh, was like, that spoiled for you? It was spoiled for me. It may have been, um, cause I'd heard that Tom had mentioned it accidentally, maybe at, uh, maybe at the, uh, the, the convention, which was the same day. And it, someone sort of filtered its way through. So when he did turn up, it was still a, a brilliant moment where you just hear his voice. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I'd heard that, and then they heard that, you know, um, you know, a particular character was returning in Blade Runner twenty forty nine the day before. But that was me just <laughs> reading the internet when I shouldn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, I had a, a thing. Well, I, I was very lucky when I went to see um, 
the Force Awakens, uh, I went with a guy from work and we went for a Nando's beforehand. And when I went to get the drinks, um, he heard the people at the next table say that Han Solo gets killed. And then as soon as you sat down with the drinks, he told you. Uh, no, he thankfully didn't, <laughs> didn't tell me till afterwards. I was like, I can't believe that. And he was like, no, I, I heard it in Nando's <laughs> just beforehand. So, this uh, is why I hate the cinema. I, 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 just, I love cinema, but I, the act of going to the cinema has has decreased in fun for me. It's like, when can I go where there's not going to be screaming people? They're not going to be eating popcorn next to me. Um, you know, is it going to be a good a good screen? Uh, and all these factors. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting through was the Last Jedi or the, the Rise of Skywalker, and people were being annoying around me. And it's like. It, the cinemas the cinema is not going to be a thing for much longer i don't think i think it's um uh going to be the same the same thing will happen to cinema as happened with the high street it will have to change and it will be more boutique and a few you know you go to the odeon leicester square or you go to which is a dolby theater and you or you go to the bfi imax for like prestige experiences but you know, like with Milan coming out yesterday on yeah, Disney Plus, streaming on, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, and that 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 was their big big movie, and you know, and it's like, well, hang on, Tenet made it to the cinemas. Why has Milan not made it to the cinemas? Mm. Um, and they probably think, you know, a family audience um, would be okay with that at home. So it's 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 going to change. I don't know why I got onto this subject. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, they were talk- we were talking spoilers. Uh, so, the any of the big Finnish multi doctor stories that you're particularly fond of? I know I I loved Light at the End. I think you've got that on vinyl. Is that right? I have it signed by all the doctors and many of the companions on vinyl, but I've never listened to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I t- um, I've written to the four doctors. Yeah, that, that's quite an old one. I remember really liking that. Mm-hmm. There was something like the sixth doctor is kind of stuck in a dungeon for hundreds of years. Uh, I, that's all I remember. For, I, I have real, tr- I have real trouble remembering what happens on stuff when it's in audio form. You have to really concentrate. Whereas you can drive to work and totally get it. I can't. Yeah. I, I listened to tons, especially recently. Um, I, since we got a dog in December, I, yeah. I, I take him out for a long walk every morning now. And, um, I've been clearing my huge backlog of, um, of big finish and podcasts and things like that. So, um, yeah, I wonder if that's kind of a thing where, you know, like some people are visual and some people like hear information or something like that. So I think so. I think I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not much of a reader. I think one up from that is the audio. Mm. Um, but I'm much more someone that wants to get the full audio visual experience. Um, I mean, hopefully yeah. deep fake technology will become cheap enough and affordable enough that we can get multi-doctor stories with these classic doctors while they're still around to lend their voices. Um, you don't even need that. The you don't even need the voices. Well, it'd be um, nice to have the authentic, uh, the authentic voices, though, wouldn't it? I think you can. I think that's all fakeable as well. Um, There'd be an air of authenticity, though, if it was really Tom Baker. Because true, there's only, true, only but, he would but, only he would decide but, how he was going to deliver the line. 
um, and then same with the other doctors. You know, you could sample their voices, and but the the performance wouldn't wouldn't be theirs in a way, would it? I think deep fakes are noticeable after a while, um, but they are not totally impervious yet. I was pleased, actually. I think I think it's Microsoft that's using their cloud to help spot deep fake videos. So this 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 was interesting because I was like, well, so what the hell is reality anymore? And I don't mean Davros with a reality bomb. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, that what people will believe, what they're told, and that the lies that have particular because it fits their agenda that have come out because of certain th- certain events in the last four years. Um, that uh, again, I don't know where I'm going with this, uh, but that that the the, the, the being able to be easily fooled by something like a, a deep fake, by having a bigger, bolder um, piece of technology that's looking at that, going, I can, you know, this bit of technology can say, no, that isn't real, and, he, and maybe even here's why. But then people are not going to believe that. They're going to go. They're going to go. Well, this this large corporation is lying. You know, it's it's going to get very very strange as to what people believe and what's the truth and what's the real news and, and what's not. Um, but that has nothing to do with Doctor Who. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, look, it would be. Uh, you look, I, look. I get kind of, you know, a little bit weirded out when they recast the Third Doctor mm-hmm. or the Brigadier. I, I was okay with the Brigadier being in the Third Doctor um, Adventures Volume X. Um, that's okay. But now the Brigadier is going to be in a. Sylvester McCoy story, um, uh, voiced by John Coleshaw, the one and only. Um, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. So to have it all deep faked um, in the future, it's like this, this, you know, it's more about what stories have yet to be told, not what can we do with particular technology. And I, I and, and to me, it's like there's a lot of Doctor Who out there. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need it for the sake of it. I need it because it's needed. Um, and so, you know, I kind of thought that the the end of the Capaldi era could have been an era to sort of give it a rest. Um, fortunately, we've got something that's fresh, fun, and exciting. Um, but I, I, yeah, I do feel it's a, a remix of um, um, previous stuff. Versus, you know, like the ma- the master is there and is different and has a reveal. You know what what's new? Um, it's 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 just different style, different styles. Yeah, I think um, yeah, there's obviously got to be well written and, and a good reason for it. But there is a thrill, I think, and I think David Tennant mentions this on the behind the scenes of of Out of Time One. Um, like the way I mean I'm a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and when you get the characters together after watching them in in their own individual films there's a thrill that you get from that in a way that there is when you get characters from different eras of Doctor Who together that that wouldn't normally interact whether it's the Doctors or uh, you know companions with different Doctors there's there's a sense for me that that there's a huge appeal in seeing that but obviously in a really good, well-told story as well that there's, there's a point mm. to. Um, but, you know, if the technology comes along with the actor's permission and everything, you know, like, um, uh, I suppose something, um, obviously not with his permission, but with Peter Cushing in Rogue One, um, 
you know that That's, that type of thing with Tom Baker's permission to, to you know to recreate him mm. um, or to for him you know to do the mannerisms and stuff like that. But then maybe even the de aging technology that you see in the Marvel movies. Um, the, the, that that's interesting you should mention that because the the Rogue One when I saw it I thought it's good but it's not great perhaps it's because the voice wasn't quite right yeah and then recently someone's done a deep fake of that and it's better and it's only a couple of years later that's it this technology will just keep improving in, in the same way that the anti aging technologies just come on come along and then it, it just gets cheaper and better. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, you know, we'll come to the stage where BBC Wales can do it, and uh, you know, should should be able to get some cool stuff in there. Hopefully, in time for the 60th. That's that's my hope. That that would, that would be ambitious, and uh, I think it's a good ambition to have. Um, but again, it's like you've got in that case, you've got 13, 14 people to choose from. That just but just make it meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like take 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 your pick. Um, and uh, don't don't overblow it with like hundreds of doctors and hundreds of companions. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Star Wars earlier, bit of a digression. But have you seen the Mandalorian? I have seen the Mandalorian. I love it. It's, I think it's yeah, brilliant. I, I love it. I think it's the best thing since the Empire Strikes Back. And uh, you know, people might not agree with me, but I think it is bloody brilliant. Yeah, it's it's absolutely it is. super. Yeah, and do you know what? Um, a friend of ours on our on our Zoom call was telling me a couple of weeks ago, almost all of it is filmed indoors. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about really? this technology, and we are, you know, I don't, you know, I, don't, I think it's an interesting digression. Um, that uh, you watch the watch the making of um, the Mandalorian if you get if you get a chance. There's 20, like a twenty minute video on YouTube. Even when he's outside on a mountain in the desert or something like this, and he's walking towards a village, it's indoors. Um, they've they've got the, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a a ring, a, 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 like a it's back projection basically, but it's it's linked to the camera movements and it's it's the Unreal Engine from um, uh, is it Epic that make the Unreal Engine, uh, and it's just generating backgrounds and effects in real time, and so it's it's you can still tell to a certain extent, but it's almost all indoors. It's incredible. That's amazing. I had no idea about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it and I'll, I'll talk to you about it afterwards. Um, but, I, you know, I thoroughly recommend The Mandalorian as something completely refreshing for Star Wars, not a retread, um, not the, not soppy baby Yoda as I thought it would be. <laughs> really, really just an, that's, that's an enjoyable romp. And just, I like refreshing music as well. So it's something totally different, not the, sort of orchestral um, bombast we constantly have. It's, yeah, and it twists and turns. It does. And the uh, I love the artwork that they, they have over the closing credits as well. Like I, I watch yes. the credits to the end because yes. it's really cool. Uh, I don't know it's like concept artwork or, um, or anything like that, but no, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's, um, you've been listening to the mandalorian podcast uh no it's <laughs> it really is uh, i think series two is only a month away 
Yeah, I think it, it's end of October, isn't it? They, they announced recently. So, um, and that's the thing at the moment, you don't know what has finished filming and is in pre-production yeah. or has been interrupted in filming. So when any, all right, anything, all right, fuck it, else. fuck it. I'm going to go off on, on one then if we are digressing. Have you, <laughs> have you, have you seen the boys? No. Um, if you like superhero movies, um, and like the Marvel stuff, the boys is an 18 rated graphic novel, swearing inappropriateness it is the best thing i think on tv um well there's been lots of really awesome things on tv this year it is it's it's outstanding uh it is basically a parody a satire of trump's america um i cannot recommend it highly enough if you like the marvel stuff watch the boys it's brilliant so 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 dark cool where can i find that which service is on uh that will be on amazon Oh, great. Yep, got, got Amazon Prime now, so uh, I will check that out. Have you been watching the Lovecraft Invasion? No, not the Lovecraft okay. Invasion. The, <laughs> again, that's, that is a... That sounds uh, good. What's that? <laughs> the Lovecraft Invasion, sorry, the big Finnish story, which I'm confusing okay. with uh, Lovecraft Country, which is on Sky Atlantic. Okay, look, I have not. I don't, I don't have Sky because the now TV pisses me off because the picture quality is so bad. Right, For, and I'm not getting a satellite dish, so um, that's a shame. But uh, no, I, I miss most of those things on the first way around. Apart from Westworld, which I will pay for, I will I will suffer their crappy encoding <laughs> for Westworld because that's great. I've only seen the first series of Westworld, but I, I I've got it all on my Sky Planet to catch up on. But no, Lovecraft. I think you told me that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably did. It's probably, it's probably been on there since we first met. I think um, so. Yeah. The uh, yeah, Lovecraft Country is great, but yeah, the Lovecraft Invasion is a big finish, a six Doctor big finish story that I heard recently. Um, and it's funny because I they I got them both within about a week of each other. I've never read any Lovecraft, and I think I never will now that I know about him. I didn't really know anything about him before, um, but this seems like a great way of uh, experiencing some of his oeuvre. Um, like kind of one step removed from his actual uh, work, which by all accounts is incredibly racist and bigoted. Um, so I guess you get to experience some of the ideas and stuff without um, without all that crap. Right. Um, what else has been good? What else? I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, now we're on the subject. Uh, what, I mean, does, I always recommend The Expanse um, as as a cross between Blake 7 and Babylon 5, I think it's up there with Battlestar Galactica as um, the best space opera. Oh, you see, um, you had me until you said Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> no, the new Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Oh, really? I, don't really? I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, it was okay. Oh, my God, that's my, that's my favourite show of all time. I didn't like the ending. Oh, Yes. Well, they're just okay. about to start showing this on BBC Two, aren't they? So I don't want to give any, I don't want to give anything away to anybody that hasn't seen yes. it yet. Yes, that hasn't watched it in the last seventeen years. Well, uh, but that's I, fair. I would say don't, um, don't get too invested in in the mystery um, and expect a payoff that um, will actually sort of tie up the loose ends. I completely disagree. I think the payoff is brilliant. It's um, exactly it. It works for me. It works. That is a payoff. Um, I, lo- I love the ending. I think it's, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> series four was a little bit ropey, but anyway, anyway, we're talking about, yes, um, make, make up your uh, own minds, uh, if you, if you, if you, if you're going to watch that, yeah, but, uh, yeah, 
but don't expect oh. too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. What uh, else so have we got? The, um, I just to recommend another big finish. And this reminded me um, a little bit of this, actually, when you were talking before about uh, you know what people are willing to believe in stuff over, over the last few years in this age of uh, kind of uh, you know demagoguery and, uh, and and kind of populism. Uh, there's a fourth Doctor story with Leela called Shadow of the Sun, um, and I think this one when it was released, uh, the kind of publicity was about how it was the first one recorded remotely during lockdown, um, right. which uh, as with Out of Time, you would never know. Um, obviously, these things are expertly put together. Um, it's quite a fun fourth Doctor story. Basically, they join a spaceship full of people who completely believe, because this one guy tells them, that there's a paradise waiting for them inside the sun. So they're going to fly this spaceship into the sun. Um, and it's just a brilliant metaphor for the kind of factory crackpot ideas that you know will end up harming people in the end, whether it's kind of anti-vaxxers or Brexit or the kind of no-mask brigades, Trump supporters, anything like that. Um, you know, just kind of the the people who, you know, despite all evidence and experts and common sense, will just believe um, something off the internet. And there's a the Doctor has a brilliant line that sums it up, I felt, at the end, where he says, that's the thing about reality. It doesn't go away when you stop believing it, um, which I thought is a, is a brilliant kind of response to, uh, to anybody that you're talking to like that, and um, one that I will use if I ever have to go back into the office and work with some of them. Um, that that's really that that sounds like a, that sounds like something I would definitely enjoy as something that has a um, like a, a moral point to it. Um, mm. uh, you know uh, that that does sound um, like um, good, good old seventies moralistic Doctor. Before we got into um, everyone saying that Jody was to the Jody era is the one <laughs> yeah. being woke and. Um, the first um, one where there was ever any politics in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, good. The that PC sounds like fun. Thing. I should, I should, I should listen to that one. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I, really I, miss really con- I miss conventions, Mark. I just want to. I want to get back to seeing everyone. God, I know it feels like ages, doesn't it? Um, nice. We uh, we would have we would have had two in in June. Was it? Um, we were. Going to go to the big finish day and and warp, I think. And, and warp, we're both going to be uh, yeah the beginning and end of June. That was um, yeah very much looking forward to that. But they've both been rescheduled for early next year, I think. I know, I know, big finish day has, but I don't know about the other one. Um, I feel like I've read something, but I can't remember what it was. Um, maybe they just said it was going to be next year. Okay. I just I, I like going just because I'm every time I go to Manchester I love it even more. Yeah, it's um, and it's a, it's a good place for us all to meet, I guess, as well. Whether we're coming yeah. from the far north or the uh, the south, like um, like you guys, so it's uh, it's good. Um, and where we first met as well was the was the first wharf as well. So that was, it was that, that was, was great. Cool. That was cool. They did a really good job on that one. Yeah, very good. Cool. I think that's about it, is it? Yeah. That's everything I've 
Uh, I was going to mention Stranded, but I haven't really got that. I was just going to say it's brilliant, really, so I don't need to say okay. that. Okay. Well, it's no, that's, that's, been effusive um, enough about Big Finish. Um, shall, shall, we, shall we sign off then, and then we can maybe riff on some other things? Yeah, cool. I will, um, I'll do a little outro. Well, much like the fourth and tenth Doctors, we too are out of time. Thank you very much for joining me, Colin. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, and it's, uh, it's been good to talk to you again. You too. Uh, thanks to everybody at home for listening. If you've derived any enjoyment from this podcast, please consider leaving a rating or review next time you're on iTunes. And don't forget to join us next time when Denise and Sophie will join me to talk about Marco Polo and his journey to Cathay. But who is Cathay? And why won't she come home? All this and more on the next Trap One podcast. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.